Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Gramuga. Number one Toronto International Film Festival stand calling, actually. <laughs> Emilio Diaz. Never has it been more obvious that Cullen didn't have anything prepared. <laughs> I We've talked about it before. Andy called me out for saying just movies. So I <laughs> set a festival. Yeah, but uh, this time, this week, you would spend too long focusing on your shirt. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) (laughs) We don't even talk about the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very nice shirt. Not on things we're releasing to the public. All right. Anyway, (laughs) Jesse, what are we talking about today? We're talking about so much today. We're talking about, I think we're going to start off with Venice winners, yes. but then we're going to go into the Toronto International Film Festival, which uh, is currently in progress. It's currently in progress. If you're listening to these episodes in order, you've already heard our first dispatch. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to hit some loose ends and we'll also not really loose ends more like middle ends because there's going to be another dispatch after this but uh yeah uh and then we're we're also going to talk about some uh things that some of my co-hosts have managed to see from the festival yes and then Uh, after all that and then I'm going to disappear and everyone else will talk about the card counter the new Paul Schrader film that did not win anything at Venice not a single thing nope what did win (laughs) that's a great question (laughs) do we want to start at the bottom or the top let's go bottom to top great so the Marcello Mastroianni Award for Best New Young Actor or Actress went yes. to Filippo Scotti, the lead of Paolo Sorrentino's The Hand of God. Uh, yeah. I think I was Probably under the impression that, yeah, I was under the impression that there were several reasonable Mastroianni Award contenders, but this was certainly not a sure. surprise. Uh, right. It's no Mila you Kunis know. for Black sure. Swan. <laughs> yeah. What would the equivalent of that have been? Like, Anya Taylor-Joy like, or something? Cody Smith McPhee, I feel like, is a name people were bandying about who's been around for forever. Yeah, uh, right. You know, I feel like you maybe heard some Jesse Buckley talk. That's crazy. Those are, like, the bigger names that were maybe in the conversation, but who knows? Yes. Uh, yeah. And I mean, we talked a little bit about that movie's reception yeah. last time. And it won, it won other awards, ago. yeah. Yeah. It was last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. F- f- uh, many folks digging that movie. Uh, it's a Netflix movie. You know. Yep. We'll, we'll be Listen, I don't want to say it. <laughs> Maybe that's the spectacular they... this year. <laughs> Jesus. Have they dated <laughs> it? <laughs> 
I, I don't know if they updated it. No. Oh. I'm feeling like they haven't. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It, it says fifth, the 15th of December, but that is literally just me looking at Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Is this where we were announcing a... that we're doing another Manktacular, but just about a different movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're doing a Tacular, probably, uh-huh. but we have yet figured out what movie it's going to be about. So yeah, if you have... There's if you want to make yeah. your voice heard, we are Fifth, certainly open to suggestions. Absolutely. 15th of December p- puts it in prime Manktacular season. It yeah. is. It's it's the 3rd of December is the theatrical date, <laughs> and the, the 15th is the internet date. It would be a slight impediment to doing the episode that I'm not going to see it, but, you know, sure. it could be we'll figured see. We'll out. We'll see. We'll talk. Um, yeah. Special jury prize. Il Buco, which Emilio predicted would win the Golden Lion. Listen, it did not, but it won something. Yeah, it did. Almost all of our predictions won something, even though none of us predicted the lion winner. A a colon-shaped asterisk at the end of that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know. uh, I mean, I think we talked about all of these movies... uh, Right, they had all premiered. Yeah, they'd all premiered. I feel like had like on the job maybe didn't. On the job hadn't premiered, but I said that I heard heard it was good. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, just to move up quickly, since we've talked about these movies, best screenplay: The Golden Ocella goes to The Lost Daughter, the Maggie Gyllenhaal film. Yep. Yes. Which I think we're all. She has sole screenplay credit on. That's another spectacular contender for sure. It is. You're I right. I think so, yeah. I, I, there's, there's even one more, I yeah, think, yeah. on this right. list. <laughs> yeah. To be clear, Netflix is not a necessary nope. not. It's just like but, they put out a lot of movies. In but this yeah. it does <laughs> have to be a movie that we can all see. All yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it's got to be either a Netflix movie or a major theatrical release. Yeah. Right. Um, which, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm seeing Lost Otter at New York. We'll talk about that next week, probably. But I'm very excited we to see will. the movie. Yeah. John Arcilla uh, won the vote pickup for Best Actor for On the Job, The Missing Eight. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's good. I did hear uh, the other... It's a, it's a movie that has two uh lead male actors uh the other one being uh dennis trio who apparently uh was like yeah chloe zhao told me that uh they wanted to give it to both of us and we're told no uh, okay interesting which is an interesting <laughs> both interesting that they were told no and interesting that she told that him she would tell him that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see this movie. I, I feel I think I said that I've heard that it's like going to HBO in the Philippines in like a month. But sure, I don't think there's like I think it's gonna be released along with the first movie as like a mini series. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, sure, that makes sense. And it. Is this the studio that I think it is? It is. It looks like XYZ Films has it, which is the um 
the they did they put they just put out prisoners of the ghost land okay uh, are they a uh, are they district yeah i think they're distributors yes that's correct so yeah uh hopefully they will have it out at some point yeah yes it's always interesting to me when like a sequel does big it like a festival <laughs> sure yeah i mean i predicted this at uh i predicted this would win the golden lion based on its positive buzz which was uh maybe an absurd prediction given its uh being a sequel but wasn't too far off yeah yeah volpe cup for best actress penelope cruz <laughs> Why, why did I say? <laughs> I don't know. I was just <laughs> teeing someone anything up. out beforehand. That was like, yeah. Um, yes, I mean, alley oop. All like <laughs> turn into an air ball. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did it. Let's talk about it some more. Uh, you know, Pedro always good to his actresses, right? His leading ladies always, you know, he, he certainly no strangers to winning prizes at festivals for lead roles in his movies. Uh, I'm would like to see this movie soon hopefully it'll come out and yep. i'll watch it she has an academy award for it's, best uh, actress they, they're putting a... it out at the end of december okay sure so probably not a tankular attackular candidate if you're unfortunately you're not silver uh, goes to silver the power Line, of the dog by Jane which is Hanker. a mantacular contender yes. Yes. i would say perhaps even the leading one but I don't want to, you know, tip our hand too speak much. For anyone else. <laughs> really, uh, really sure. giving side eye to the idea <laughs> of another spectacular. I think uh, <laughs> just that we keep returning yeah. to talking about it is probably the problem. How are the dog? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm. I just think that like saying all these movies i think makes it clear that we have no idea what makes a tacular movie, and we're just no. saying a bunch of stuff. <laughs> we're figuring oh, it I don't out. think that's true. I think that. I think there's a lot of things that could make a tacular movie, and we're we're we, we're we, going on that journey yeah. with our audience. Uh huh. Yeah. That's right. It's transparency. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Jane Campion. Yeah. Uh, Looks great. Uh, I predicted. I, I mean, predicted as the, uh, yeah. As the I I've seen it. It's gonna. We're gonna discuss it uh, sure. on our next episode, which will be out in a few days. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we'll, I'm gonna yeah. guess we keep talking about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems like one to watch for the year, gonna say. Yeah. Um, and then the Grand Jury Prize. I saw, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I went and saw, yeah. No, I went and saw a, a different Jane Campion movie in theater in a theater last night. I'm doing some prep. I, I got another one next week. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing some homework to catch up. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I, I don't think I've said this. Uh, past guest, Jack Reed, big Jane Campion fan, I asked him what the Campion movie to watch to, like, get me in the frame of mind for power of the dog was because i've been like I've, i i at that point i would say i hadn't like really loved the campion movie though i'd only seen a few uh and he said holy smoke which is really a phenomenal movie and it is an interesting comparison point to power of the dog all right so, you love yeah, definitely uh, check that out yeah, and then we talked about it already a bit. Uh, the Grand Jury Prize went to Paolo Sorrentino's Hand of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
They really liked it. Mamma Mia. Italian. <laughs> That's an Italian mm-hmm. movie. And then the yeah. Golden Lion. Yeah. No one predicted it. Mm-hmm. No. Went to, uh, I, there's too many E's in this <laughs> word for me to say it, I feel like. Le, le, vraiment. Everyone gets to give I, it a try. I think Andy? it's happening. Does it translate to happening? Happening yes, is yeah. the title. Yeah, because yeah, they were like, we can't that. call it the happening. <laughs> right. Take it. <laughs> yeah, they were gonna call it Maybe. taken. They were gonna call it the happening. <laughs> they were gonna call it uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Call it 2012. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, directed by Audrey Dewan. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I know like nothing about this movie. Like it's French. It's a it's a French movie. It's the second movie this year by a uh, relatively young female French director mm-hmm. to win the top award at a uh, yeah at European a European festival after Julia Ducarnot's Titan, another film that. I'll be talking about on our next episode. Um, but yeah, uh, it's interesting that this movie has not been announced for any other festivals. I mean, that's true sure. of On the Job too, as well. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not—I don't know—it's not like a super New York film festival-y thing, though I feel like if they'd known it was gonna win the Golden Lion, they might have, you know, given it more of a shot, but it does feel like, uh, Toronto's gotta be, uh, uh, eating crow that they didn't select this film. Feels like it would've been a big hit. Sure. But I mean, yeah, well, and like, you know, Golden Lion in recent years has often gone to more high profile stuff. We talked about this a little bit last week. I think Amelia specifically predicted that they would be going against that this year, which they did. There was like, Mm -hmm. that was sort of the immediate reaction was like, oh, they're going back to like picking like more obscure, like not like setting it on the road to Oscar movies. Um, which you know, it's always nice when a festival is able to 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 to, to pick something a little more off the beaten path in that way. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, I had another thing to say, but I forgot already. Good to know. Uh, are we moving on? Should we talk Tiff? Yeah, yeah. We talking Tiff? Um. Now? So yeah. Tiff? Yes. We wa- I watched a few movies for Tiff. Should I go? Yeah, you go. So I, I, think I, I actually the both, the, two, the both movies I watch, I think you watch. So yeah, I'll so talk about talk Doug about Doug a little bit then. Okay. Sure, yeah, start with that one because I didn't. So see Doug that. Doug, uh, directed by Ritwick Parik, I believe his first movie. Um, it is an Indian movie, and it premiered in Discovery, I believe. Um, and uh, it is about a guy who is riding on a motorcycle while drunk and he gets in an accident and dies uh and when they go to take away the body they go to take away the motorcycle and the motorcycle keeps coming back to the spot that he died and in a future episode that we recorded already we talk about quentin depew's rubber which it reminded me of because that's about a tire that's a serial killer um 
but this is like a movie about a motorcycle that uh, becomes a god, basically, because it keeps coming back to the spot and everyone starts worshipping it. And it's sort of about the, like, way that religion will, like, take over, like, people's lives and these, like, the way the locals sort of react to it uh, and how it becomes, like, an idol instantly. Uh, and it's it's good. It's like a, a lot of people are liking it. Um, it's you know a really in, a really strong debut. It looks like incredible. Um, it's got like one of like I'm a sucker for like a a cool title drop, and it's got one of the best ones I've seen this year. And uh, it's like a little long, and I think for like my liking, he sort of relies on montage too much, but. Uh, there it's like really it's just like super stylish and like there's these great musical sequences there's like a Doug Doug song because Doug Doug is the brand of motorcycle that he drives um and because the guy who drives the motorcycle uh was like an alcoholic uh so people like will pour alcohol on the motorcycle as like they're sort of um like they're like offerings and it's it's really funny but it's like it's funny. It, it it looks great. It's cool. I uh, I don't know what sort of release it's getting. I'm not aware uh, right now. But yes, it was uh, it was in Discovery, and um, you know, it's it's like it's one. If you can see it, I would recommend it. Um, because I don't know sort of how how big of a release it will get. Um, and I am certainly excited to see what Parikh does next. Because like. It is just obviously like a very strong creative voice behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What okay. Are, what are what are the two things you both watched? Do you want to talk yes. Violet first, Andy? We should probably start with Violet. Yeah. So, yes. so we both watched uh Justine Bateman's film Violet. We talked starring, about it um starring Olivia Munn. Oh, yeah, sorry. Olivia Munn, yes. We did talk about it a little bit because it played it was supposed to be at the South by. Yeah, we probably first mentioned it in well over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that obviously didn't happen. And then I believe it played the current year South yes, by. Right, that mm-hmm. was when it actually premiered, which was like yes, you know, they did a. It a played. Modified... It played in the. Sorry, we screwed you over section. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. Um, and then it was a TIFF movie this year. Uh, and, uh, which like there were, I believe, I believe there was at least one TIFF movie last year from that South by Southwest. So it is interesting that they waited to see it happen. You know, it's just a matter of what the, you know, distributors and, Right, production and sales agents are interested in. I'd imagine. Yeah, but yeah, and the, it was uh, it's in special presentations at TIFF. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like, it's really like very clearly like, I think this it falls into a lot of the traps. I think that like an actor's first directorial effort can fall into in that it's like incredibly focused on being on like having like what like a couple of stylistic ticks boy that, does like, it is it is serving at all times above 
almost anything else in the movie. Yeah. I think it's like it's like it has like these couple of ideas that it's like so focused on that it sort of drowns out a lot of the other stuff that's going on yeah. in the movie. It's um, like which is yeah, so it Olivia Munn plays a like Hollywood agent studio but she like is like a producer because she's like finding yeah she's like a she, and, right she's in charge of like development or something at like a a smaller at some, studio at some producing yeah. yeah shingle or whatever um and she the, the i mean the the premise is that like you are constantly hearing this voice that is inside her head played by justin thoreau who's like who you're is, a piece of shit you fucking right, suck who is like the most negative voice in the world yeah. uh always like and then also, at the same time, you are seeing handwriting on the screen that is this character's, like, more her inner monologue, I guess, or, like, yeah, it's like what she's journaling or something. Like, it's, and it's, like, it, almost yeah. illegible. <laughs> There's, like, parts where I was right. like, I just can't read this, so I don't know what it sure. says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, like, there... The, the, these, there are these two things that are supposed to represent what's happening inside of her. Yes. And they're very often, like, at tension with yes. each other. Right? Is, like, part of the, the thing of the movie. And then, like, that is the entire movie. Well, then it's also, like, she'll have... They have these, tension with each other. She'll hit, like, boiling points, and the screen will turn red and, like, fade right. to red. And then that's just, like, how the scene ends. Or it'll be, like, a good thing, and she's, like, happy. And she's remembering, like, running through a wheat field, and it's just, like, a, sure. a camera just zooming through this wheat field, yeah. and it fades out there. But then also, at some so, po- yeah. sometimes, she'll be hearing the inner voice, seeing her journal, like, you'll see the written stuff on the screen, and then also, like, on the, some random wall behind her will be, like, a projected memory from her childhood. And, like, I watched it, and then I, wa- I watched Doug Doug, like, right after it. And it's like the opposite of two things that are go like taking big stylistic swings, and uh, like Andy says, like Violet sort of just drowns in that, and it's like really um, disappointing, I guess, because like it is an interesting premise, and like there is a way to yeah. do, and I think yeah, like. I think some of the Hollywood, like, satire stuff is, like, kind of well-observed. There's, like... Like, obviously, Justine Bateman's been in the industry for forever and, like, knows that world pretty well. Um, But it starts, like, so aggressively. It starts with, like, Darren Aronofsky, like, decaying animal footage, like, Requiem for a Dream, super, like, quick-cutting. And then you get into everything, and it's just, like... There's, like, this... These plot lines that are kind of, like to tell you about the character and, like, why she's sort of the way she is, where she, like, accidentally burnt down her and her boyfriend's apartment because the, like, inner voice was, like, calling her a coward for not leaving candles lit. Um, Right. And it, like, is an interesting idea in theory, but I think the execution is, like, you you would think that the movie would, like, because at a certain point it gets to... Uh, she's going against the voice and like, you know, how Stella get her groove back. She's like enjoying herself for once or whatever. Right. You would think that happens early. It happens when there's like 10 minutes left in the movie. And it's like, you get to this early and then you can have this sort of regression. You can have these other things. Uh, but it just is very like meandering. And it's like, it's just like these, it's very choppy also because it's like, you just have these little chunks of like things happening 
that are like sometimes loosely connected but then sometimes like not really and it is like it's got a bunch of like fun faces in it there's like a bunch of cool cameos from like Laura San Giacomo and like Matt Ingebretson yeah. from the show Corporate I, th- I was like excited to see him you have like right. Steve Ag and um, right as like a suit, which I yeah. think is fun. Um, um, but it's just I feel like Mun is like really like not that good. I don't think it's a pretty hard thing to play. I would imagine like if you did the sort of yeah like there's that meme like ten years ago at this point maybe of like cutting out the narration from like the Wonder Years and they just like are sitting silently. And I feel like if you did that to this, it's like. Uh, oh, I mean. it's like I, I feel like it would be like an impossible like it's it's probably a very hard thing to play as an actor of just like sitting and like having to like express these emotions without doing anything. And right and have right yeah, especially because yeah she has like three things to play all at the same like, time. All times, yeah, um, uh, which I think is like you know, but it's not really achievable for almost any actor there's a scene where because uh, she's like producing this movie for Laura San Giacomo and they're like talking about what festivals they should go to and they're like well we're yeah. gonna do TIFF we're gonna try and get into Venice or whatever and I was like that's funny I talk about this a lot <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> and then uh, that was sort of like it's like 90 minutes but it's just I mean yeah Justine Bateman's made a few short films I I meant to check them out um, but like after Violet I was just like nah Uh, maybe she'll make something more um, not focused but just like because I feel like she it's like a similar thing to Doug Doug where it's like there's great bones here this guy I think could do something great and it's like Justine Bateman obviously like has a lot of thoughts on like the industry and like what uh, it is to be like a woman in the industry because uh, I kept, I, I also kept thinking of the assistant when I was watching it. Because um, mm-hmm. there's like some sort of like Weinstein esque guy in it who's like a real scumbag. Um, but I, I think like it, there is a better movie in there, and I think especially a better movie in Bateman. Yeah, probably. I, I would say so. You know, she clearly like. It, it does have an end like a post end credit scene where yes, like that was she nice. has all the all the crew like who worked on the movie like walk by the camera and like do like a brief moment of mugging yeah and like the, like I which I thought was very sweet yeah uh, clearly she like I is very passionate about this and like seems to like really you know having her having this chance at like having this level of power and making something I think is really cool and yeah I would love to see her uh, try something a little different yeah. And then we also, we both watched I'm Your Man, the Maria Schrader yes. movie. That was at Berlin. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And it's got, um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens, yes. Uh, Sandra Huller also. And then the lead actress. Maren Eggert. Yes. Um, and it's a movie about, uh, like, a woman who studies, like, cuneiform. <laughs> um yeah, she's like a she's like an anthropologist yeah. uh, of, of some sort. She she's working on some sort of paper to prove that like art has always existed and like poetry, in the yeah, like of civilization, yeah. Um, uh, and there is like a company that is testing out dating robots, essentially that right. are like they're like specially life designed partner companions, yeah, yeah, uh, specially designed to be like your soulmate, exactly, yeah. Um, 
and Dane Stevens is that for her, and it's just sort of about her agreeing to do it to eventually get, like, a grant, basically, to go, like, to, I think, like, Chicago or something, to go to, like, some place in the States to, like, look exactly, like, at the things that she's been studying, and mm-hmm. it's, like, the sort of final piece of her puzzle that she needs for her, like, project, so she's like, okay, like, I'll agree to do it, like, date this robot for three weeks or whatever. Um, yeah. And what do you think, Andy? I really liked it. I thought it was, like, extremely light on its feet and charming uh, and, like, very, uh, you know, I thought it, 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 it's, it's those sorts of premise. Like, I didn't know the premise at all, like, going into it. I didn't know a single thing about it when I was sitting down other than the title. Uh, and I was, like, I, it starts off, uh, she's, like, in a bar... And they're playing putting on the Ritz. Always a great way to, to start off a movie. Um, and, like, they bring him out. And then, like, he has, like, a little glitch or whatever. And so they're like, oh, we have to actually start tomorrow. And, like, eventually you reveal it reveals that, like, the entire bar is, like, holograms and stuff. And, like, it's, like, a level of sci-fi that I think I, I really always... I always do kind of appreciate where it's, like, you know... It's certainly not as, like, heavy-handed as, like, Black Mirror or anything like that. But it is, like sort of a, a little bit of a, a th- that light premise of like, well, we have this one idea and we're going to sort of just like dig in on that. And I think it really does a good job of, of making it so that you are with her the whole time and you like understand her initial resistance to what's happening and you sort of see her track as like, and as, as she changes her feelings towards this experience of having Dan Stevens uh, in her life and, I think he's giving a really fun performance. He speaks ex- like exclusively German, ex- except for a couple of other moments where he like he doesn't. It's not in English at all. I don't know if he like learned it or if he knew it previously. It's, he probably did already. I don't know. He's he's a fancy British lad, right? Yeah, he's a bomb savant. Um, sure, um, but uh, and like they do like put in a fun line to justify like why he has an English accent of like she like yeah. likes exotic men or yeah. whatever. So like he has to be British. Um, uh, and like, yeah, his performance is like, you know, he's he's ple- he, he's totally level-headed and like even all the time, which uh, except for like a very few moments where she like is pro- like prompting him to be angry or whatever. And I think it's like a really fun like seeing him like the moments where he is like slightly not human, like where you can tell it's like an algorithm. I think he handles those moments really, really well, and it's like a really fun performance for me to watch. I know, Colin, you weren't as much of a fan as me. So no, I think Stevens is good. Um, mostly, I found it. I mean, the like, the biggest complaint I have, which is like a pretty boring one, probably, but it yeah. just is so ugly. Like it looks bad, and I was like, oh, I thought it looked very good. Yeah, I mean, it's like. It's, I mean, it just is, like, weirdly, like, it's, like, way too soft, like, the way that it looks. And it's, like, people sort of complain about the Euro style a lot. And I think what the style they complain about is the one I prefer that's, like, very crisp digital photography. Like, when we talked about um, Christian Petzold, like, his movies right. are just, like, incredibly crisp. Uh, yeah. And this is, like, very soft. Um, like, especially that opening bar scene, like, the lighting is very low, and everyone looks like, it's, like, very warm. It, it almost looks like, <laughs> like, Grace and Frankie or something, <laughs> like, uh, but I feel like 
I don't and think you're really... going to convince Andy that it's bad by saying <laughs> yeah. Grace and Frankie. Uh, I have never seen an episode of Grace Neither and Frankie. Neither I. I just I know, know that show that has, like, Hasley and Orleans or whatever. Is, like, <laughs> I know, general. I know, but I swear to God, uh, never, not a single episode. Andy's all about Mozart in the Jungle, as we know. <laughs> not, um, <laughs> But uh, I... I it's like um, maybe like another annoying thing to complain about, but I just watched this movie a few months ago, maybe like a month ago, called Making Mr. Right that is a Susan Seidelman movie that is basically the same thing, where it's like uh, a scientist is developing a robot uh, to go into space, um, and then it like develops emotions and falls in love with this woman and like learns about like humanity and like in the abstract uh i'm your man also does that except it's not like the space travel isn't part of it and like in that movie it's like john malkovich plays the doctor who or the person who created the robot and the robot um but that i feel like has a lot more ideas about relationships and humanity and explores them in a much more interesting way than this did which i felt to be just like really like not basic, but just like there, I never like felt for the movie at all. Like it was like nifty. It was nice. I think Stevens is really solid, um, making sort of stone soup as they say. Um, and the rest of it, I think doesn't really hit any emotional highs for me. Like the biggest, the biggest scene is probably the end or the or sorry the best scene is probably the end i think which i won't i guess i won't spoil but like that is sort of the moment there's like a monologue essentially that the lead actress gets and that is the moment i think mm-hmm. it sort of reaches its peak but also it's been like it's like a sharp peak like it goes from like a flat line to the top um and i'm like oh okay like that's good but like the rest of the movie isn't like there to back it up at all. I mean, there's like, like there's a, a scene where, uh, she's sort of like, like a, but she finds out that like someone else has published her, a research paper on what she's doing yeah. already. Cause he's basically mm-hmm. like Google and he just like looks at this, the thing that she's studying right. and he like hits the Rolodex in his mind and is like, someone already published this like, uh, three months ago or whatever. And she or, like, or like is about to publish yeah, it yeah. in like three weeks. Um, yeah. And, uh, so she has this like big freak out and he's like there for her in a way but that it like it like with the rest of it it just falls flat i think um yeah i mean i sort of agree that like i'm not really emotionally invested in in it at all like i don't i don't i'm not really like super like oh boy like what is is she actually finding love or whatever like it's much more like yeah i think it's the thing that i liked about it was that it was like it was so content with being like pretty pretty simple like you know it it was dealing with sort of like bigger questions but it was not doing it in like a like it didn't feel like it was overreaching at all and like it really it sort of felt i don't know just that yeah that light on its feet quality i like really appreciated it like it's like pretty content to be like a low-key charmer with like a few things to think about on the way home yeah i'd like really appreciate it i mean i guess it is going for that i also i mean i was like very bored by it it's very dull i think uh, I mean, yeah, they, I think, I think like, you know, it's, they have, like, fun scenes together. Like, I think their scene work is, like, a lot of fun when they're, when they're together. I think, you know, there's, like, the, there's some fun, like, sex stuff with the sex robot when he's, like, a, the robot. There's, uh, um, there's, 
<laughs> I do think the scene where she's like drunk and trying to get him to be angry and stuff is is, is really fun. I did also like the scene the scene near the end where she meets the other guy who also has a robot is like interesting and like it's like an interesting moment of like counterpoint to her experience. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I feel like it's like it's a it's a movie that has like pretty modest goals, but it like achieves them like really really well is what I would say that and I and I really really uh, had a good time watching it. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. Casey, was there any loose ends? Uh, well, I think most of what I've seen so far, I've either talked about already or going to talk. I'm going to talk about yeah. in a few days. So there might, there might also be a fourth TIFF episode where I just like talk to one of you about some more stuff that I've seen. But one. Sure. One that I think I can talk about a little bit is uh, the new film from one of our favorite directors, uh, Bruno Dumont, Uh-oh. called France. France. Uh, it's very uh, explicitly not called that. Uh, starring Lea Seydoux as France de Meux, uh, who is a journalist uh and for a long time i will say this movie is coming out december 10th so it who knows what kind of theatrical (laughs) release it'll get but here's what i'll say if kino lorber is willing to send screeners to us and 15 guests we'll do a france yeah it's that's the number not necessarily for the tacular in, in general but if it's gonna be france 15 guests and they all need a screener <laughs> so we need 19 screeners total that's right Kino mm-hmm. make, and make it we might tell you at the last second who to send them to Yes, uh, we might need some replacements sent out for mm-hmm. people who drop out. Last yeah, that's yeah. let's say just to be safe, like twenty five. <laughs> uh, uh, but top, yeah, yeah, it's a movie that uh, I was like for a long time, like for most for for a sign- maybe the first two acts, I was just like, why is this a Bruno Dumont movie? Like there was some kind of funny stuff with just like her basically acting as director while like shooting uh correspondence pieces in uh nondescript middle east war zones uh but then it really kind of comes into focus i would say in the last like 30 or so minutes uh and it's just like, oh, he's just, like, making fun of, like, my my guess is that he's just, like, making fun of French movies, like, kind of melodramatic French movies. And it, w- once I figured out that that, and I don't know if that's what he's doing for the whole movie, but by the end, it's very clear that that's what he's doing. And uh, there's, there, there are a couple of scenes towards the end, including the final scene, that are among the funniest things. 
I've seen this year. The press screening did end with me laughing hysterically and everyone else sitting in silence. Uh, but yeah, look out for France. Yeah. And I think with that, I guess I'm gonna... Is, well, I mean, I guess the other thing to mention, I, I don't know if we want to talk about this at all, just like TIFF, uh, People's Choice and all that is like oh, yeah. happening soon. They did announce that all the stuff that is That's not uh, available online is not going to be eligible this year. That's right. Which is like a lot of the heavier hitters. So well, it's like, only it's only five movies, I think. It's sure. Spencer. Spencer, Dune, Dune. Memoria. No, it's four. It's Spencer, Dune, Memoria, A Hero, and then I guess the uh, no longer I last quite night Soho so- was not. No, last be- th- um. I think it didn't screen online for press, but maybe it did for oh. audiences. I'm not sure. I feel like... I think it's specifically the special events section that is not eligible. And that's sure. those four movies plus the Secret Soderbergh movie, which probably wouldn't have been eligible anyway. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, like, interesting. Like, I know several of those, I feel like, were heavily, like discuss his potential um, choices. Maybe. I you know, Spencer or a hero maybe would have been in the conversation. Uh I feel like I haven't really I didn't really hear anything about a hero while I was there. Uh I don't know. Um yeah, I don't know. As far as like general festival stuff, uh three at there were three screenings at which uh three screenings featuring an audience member who later tested positive for covid uh one of which i was at but i've already tested negative Uh, (laughs) yeah very pleased to have uh taken my first at-home covid test uh but yeah I think I am seeing confirmation that last night in Soho was one of the ones that is not eligible. It's not. Okay. That's interesting. Then it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, uh, that movie's not that good and I'm not sure that like people and I mean, I think people like it more than me, but it doesn't really seem like an audience award thing. Uh, we'll talk about it more. On our next episode. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Are we ready for me to to go? Sure. All right. <laughs> I will go ahead and plug uh, my written coverage of the festival. Hey, now. At uh, In Review Online. Uh, <laughs> there's <laughs> a review for Neptune Frost up already. And there will be a few more. Uh hopefully like sometime this weekend uh yeah maybe i'll go work on my uh mad women's ball review now and leave you all to talk about the card counter paul schrader's the card counter play open to venice uh got good reviews everyone really liked it i feel like well yeah they're right too Um, it's a great movie (laughs) it's all right if not for Um, a movie that came out last year that people are saying comes out this year, it'd be the best movie of the year. 
What are you talking no. about? Undina is my number one, but uh, okay, sure. We don't sure. need to get into semantics. All right, Emilio, yes. you saw the card counter. Oh yeah, I, I I mean I guess I didn't see any Tiff movies, so I, it's right for me to start. Yeah, okay. So I saw the card counter was playing online through yes the Metrograph subscription service. They yes. were doing like a one night event of it. Yeah, they had a Q and A afterwards with um a film critic and pulse writer, <laughs> film critic David Ehrlich. Uh yeah, I uh, I didn't watch it because I don't like Q and As. Uh, it also worked weirdly for me. Like it was like weirdly low res it was like there was there was some issues streaming there yeah. i feel like maybe they got a lot more people in yeah. to watch that than anything else they've ever had so the platform was a little shaky at the beginning but it eventually stabilized but in terms of the content of the actual movie i think it's pretty great i think it's like when i first heard the reactions to to this movie i thought it was going to be like oh well schrader like he made first reform and now he's sort of going back to his older mode of making like sort of weirder more like uneven more aggressive movies which like this movie ha- has aspects of it but this certainly feels like a movie he made per- post first reform with like a lot of the sure. like lessons and modes that he took from that um it is about God, I'm so bad with character names, but Oscar uh, Isaac. William Tell. Yeah, Bill Tellick, I think, is the real name, but he goes by William or Bill Tell. Yeah, Bill Tell, which is who is played by Oscar Isaac, is this, like, former uh, armed forces. I guess I don't... Is he, like, a He's Marine? in the Army, I believe. He's he, in the he, Army. Yeah, he was a, he was a private. Okay, um, so, uh, private, private yeah, private first class... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just I just didn't know if he was like in the army or the marines. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 But he was he worked on torturing folks at like a right. at like a black site prison. He and was part of Abu Ghraib. I mean, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The premise is he's the guy in the photos in Abu Ghraib, which is like the fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and. He, so he's the only one who got punished for it. Yeah, well, he's so one he, of the ones, as they talk about sure. it. Yeah. Or, I mean, well, yeah, one of the only ones who got punished yeah. for it. Yeah. He went to jail, and then he came out to pursue a life of, like, quiet gambling. Yeah. <laughs> and on his journey, he eventually meets uh, Tiffany Haddish, who plays... Lalinda. Lalinda, who is, like, a leader of yeah. a... Uh, like, she has, like, a group of gamblers that she manages... A stable, I think they a, call it. A, yeah, a stable of gamblers that she manages, of poker players. Uh-oh. Cullen's getting too into This movie is so <laughs> fucking good. It's like, I mean, I, I, I don't want to interrupt Emilio more, but I, uh, I just love it. <laughs> and he also meets uh, a kid. Tyson. A block of wood. No, shut up. Caden or the K with a C or Kirk whatever. with a what C. Kirk with a Kirk, C, yeah. Played by Ty Sheridan. And a, a truly perfect performance. He's awful. You are crazy. He, like, is giving zero. Okay, we, like, Amelia, he doesn't have any emotion. Yeah, it's so basically, disaster. Ty Sheridan's father was a person who worked at Abu Ghraib with uh, Oscar Isaac, and he, who also, who, like, died after going to prison at, for being one of the fall guys for Abu Ghraib. Yeah. And he is looking to get revenge on... Willie, uh, Willem Dafoe, who plays like their boss, who, their boss at Abu Ghraib, Gordo, who, like, Berta, right? Gordo. He was like a contractor. He was like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. a contractor who like didn't get it, was not punished at all by the system. And Oscar Isaac is basically trying to like 
steer him away from that path by giving him something more solid to play on. And it's just like that simple of a movie where it's just like Oscar Isaac gambles. He try he's like trying very hard to live a life that is very like calculated and Right. disciplined and yeah try- he lives out of like motels and like every motel he goes to he wraps everything in white like sheets. Cl- bed sheets yeah. Or, yeah yeah which is funny how they dole out that it, I get that's like that's the entire plot I'm done with the plot but it's funny how they dole that piece of information because the first time you see him in a in like a room like that you're like oh is this guy a fucking freak is he like gonna like murder somebody like yeah that's yeah because that's that, that's like what sort of what I was ex- like him to be like some sort of serial ki- of not not serial like a hitman or something. But no, yeah. he's just a, he's mm-hmm. just like a person who has found routine as a way to get over the things that he's done to yeah. and sort of extreme extent and is trying to pass that on to others so they won't be focused on revenge like many a Paul Schrader movie. It is about a person on the brink of violence. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I fucking think it's great. I, th- I, I think it's uneven. I like any movie. I think there's some parts of it that are like amazing, and other parts that are like less good. I think Ty Sheridan is like very whatever. There's like you could have cast literally anything, to any anyone or anything to play that part, and it probably would have been fine. Um, I think Haddish is also a little uneven at be- the beginning, but by yeah. by the mm-hmm. by the end, I think she's like you really she like really finds her character and i feel like you sort of get what she's doing and get what the movie is doing with her and i like i came to really enjoy it but mostly it's just like the oscar isaac show and he's like fucking amazing and gives one of the best performances i've seen like in recent history it's like he's an actor who has for so long he's like everybody knows he's talented everybody if you're making like who are some of the best actors in hollywood right now everybody would put oscar isaac on that list but it's been so long since he has been given a role which you can point to and be like yeah and that's why we think that way because it's just been like he's had a weird run and to and this is like the opposite of the weird run and that he's been giving a role that extremely suits his talents is extremely like gives it's like very complex to play but also you can read a lot of depth under the surface and it's just like amazing to sort of watch him work and carry the movie and it's like uh, it like whatever doesn't work around him i sort of it, it's sort of like unconsequential to me because he is such the center of it and is like making everything work at every at any given moment i think it looks great it has a weird score that's another aspect see that is the like, music is crazy <laughs> it, it, that is like he schrader made a choice and yeah. that's the choice he made he put that sort of music in it who does the music it's like I know one of the the song that they play at the end is like, um, it's like, what is that band called? Like Black Rebel Motorcycle Gang or something like that. Oh yeah, Black Rebel Motorcycle. It's like that. It's like that chord. It's like weird, like almost like new metal. Yeah, it's like new metally. I was. It was like who's this fucking D-list Radiohead? Yeah, uh, sure. But uh, again, it's like. If like you could truly do anything around that Oscar Isaac performance, and I pre- and I probably would think it's a pretty great movie. Should I go, Andy, or do you want to go? You can go ahead. Yeah. So yes, I think it's great. It's one of like when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is like really good, 
And then, like, things start happening. I'm like, oh, this is, like, incredible. And then it ends, and I'm, like, (laughs) in tears. I'm like, this is, like, one of my favorite movies, like, ever, maybe. And I, like, Paul Schrader, when I watched, I watched, um, I've seen a few of his movies. I watched Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters, which I think, at the time, I loved it. I haven't seen it in, like, five or six years. But it was, like, a movie that I was like, this is just incredible. And it's, like, I think rightfully sort of canonized as such, uh, and then First Reformed, I thought was really good. I've sort of softened on that movie, um, and then this one like blew me away. Um, like Emilio said, the Oscar Isaac performance is like one of, if not like the best of the year. Uh, it's crazy that like <laughs> two of the Star Wars guys have these movies where they just get these like auteurist showcases, <laughs> and they're both like incredible. It's less weird for Driver because he gets more sort of. Yeah, Driver does. He does a lot. He, yeah, yeah, he's like yeah, he more, does more at good, he, Yeah, he does more good work more often than Oscar. Um, but like Isaac, like I've wa- I watched. I mean, I think there's only one out, but I watched the first episode of his Scenes from Marriage yeah. uh, remake, and he's like really great in that. And like this is also just like it's such a different performance, but he's so fucking incredible in it. Um, and then Haddish is like. I've seen Bad Trip like three times this year and I was like already she was one of my favorite performances of the year in that and then in this she's like so funny and then also so pitched perfectly to have this romance with uh, Isaac and their chemistry I think is like explosive Um, and then Sheridan so I watched the movie once uh, the same sort of Metrograph screening that uh, Emilio watched and Sheridan I was like this is it took me a second and I was like oh he's like playing sort of like a dumb guy and like it's like annoying to I think chalk everything up that people don't like as intentional but I think it is like a very because he's like a good actor like an actor that people largely like otherwise and I think he's a really good actor um for the most part and he gives like very measured performances in like the Rick Alverson stuff and he obviously goes really big in like Ready Player One uh and this I think it took me because I, I didn't watch it fully a second time but I was going through clips a second time and there is his first scene where he's like basically he meets Oscar Isaac at this lecture that Willem Dafoe's character is giving in like a hotel uh, where he's like talking about like pr- contract mil- military contract and um, him and Isaac start talking to each other because he like gives him his excuse me gives him his card and um, he is like outlining everything that his dad like did and he's like he came back from like the uh, the war or whatever like came back uh, and like abused my mom abused me. Uh, eventually, like, my mom left, and he just took it out all on me, and then eventually killed himself, and I was like, oh, this guy is, like, a shell of a human, and the only sort of way he can talk to people is this, like, it's, like, very childlike with his scenes with Haddish, where I think they're very funny together, but they are doing, like, very, like, schoolyard jokes and like I think at one point she's like coming down the escalator to like greet them and he's like doing the like banana nana fofana but with Lalinda <laughs> like he's like singing her name and they're just like having fun uh and then there's a part where uh 
because Isaac is such an intense guy, Haddish is like, should I be scared? And he's like, of what? Falling in love? And, like, making these sort of juvenile jokes. And then the other side is, like, when he's with Isaac, it's this very, like, built-up, like, faux, like, machismo. Like, he's acting so, like, tough guy And it's just because he is, like, I think completely... I mean, like, very, like, obviously, like, incredibly traumatized by everything. And his only sort of concept of beating this is to get revenge. And like Amelia was saying, like, Isaac's character has sort of done it all and is sort of regretful um, for everything that he's done. And there's this great scene where he is, like doing like sleight of hand basically like flipping cards between his hands at this diner and then like explaining the sort of toll that torturing someone takes on him where he's like fully breaking down and he's like uh just explaining it to 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 ty sheridan but then um there's a scene near the end where he is like ty sheridan sort of keeps going back to this idea of like he finds where Willem Dafoe lives and he's gonna like he wants Isaac to like take him there so they can both uh kill him and get revenge that way um and Isaac is like no like this has to stop so the only way he knows how to like get through to him is this scene where he is like essentially going through the motions of like what he would do to torture someone at first but then it's like here's all this money i'm gonna give you all this money just like get out go back to your mom and sheridan's performance there i think is like jaw-dropping like he is so good at just like sitting and taking this like you would imagine he had to have before like in his life and just like like quietly like weeping almost and i like it like shook me to my core like when I first watched it and then the second time after sort of realizing what he was doing throughout more of the movie like hit me like a ton of bricks there as well but like other than that <laughs> like just to uh in my defense of Ty Sheridan um I think otherwise it's like really it's you know the sort of auteurist late style like I feel like a lot of people are comparing it visually to like Twin Peaks The Return because it is very like glitzy and like uh, sleek but also in these like dingy sort of like hotel casinos where like World Series of Poker events would happen Uh, and then there's these moments like they do they show the sort of flashbacks to the torture to like Abu Ghraib and it's this crazy like 360 camera rig that's like VR or something also where you're walking through on Defoe and Isaac and like the way it felt it's like very hard to explain but it's like spinning around you and then they like whip the camera and it just it's like one of the more impressive things I've seen like a camera do in a movie <laughs> like I haven't really seen anyone implement these like 360 camera rigs like this yet and then there's another great scene where um, you have Isaac and Haddish on a date uh, where they go to this like light garden and it's this crazy <laughs> drone shot. And I've only seen it like yeah. on, uh, you know, this, this sort of digital screener of it. Uh, and like the second a Blu-ray is out or whatever, I'm so excited to see how this looks because it's like this insane drone shot of all these lights and it looks like... 
a stereograph or whatever. Like, it's just this crazy, expressive, like, blast in this movie uh, that is just so yeah. great. And, like, I think the way uh, the song at the end, I think, is probably the best of the songs. But I think the way he uses, like, the crazy, like, thrash metal or whatever that the torturers would use is really uh, intense. Like, how he uses it in the movie and, like, how Sheridan, like, wants to listen to it. And Isaac's like, you don't, like, I can't listen to this. Like, you have to stop. But, I, I mean, I think there's, like, a lot of ideas that Schrader is, like, putting out there about the sort of regression of Isaac's character uh, to the end, uh, which I think is, like, really fascinating. And then, like, the way he's sort of not holding accountable, but just, like, bringing, like, the... Uh, all the Abu Ghraib stuff is, like, I think maybe people don't think it's handled well, but I feel like it is... It's, like, like it's hard to not be evocative with that material, but I think it's, like, just really used smartly. And I, like, I was just, like, it's really, like, shocking when it happens, and I'm like, this is just crazy. And I, I mean, I, I, I just love the movie. It's, like, so great. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, those stylistic things, I think they're interesting. I think they don't work. Because, uh, for well, for one, with the light show, the ADR in that scene is, like, so distracting. The Tiffany Haddish. Like, it's like, I'm like, is this not her? Like, is this a body dump? Like, I could, like it really took me out of the movie. Uh, and then for the Abu Ghraib stuff, I, I mean, it really, like, it made me think about um, Emilio's reaction to The Five Bloods. Where it's like, I'm not sure that, like, this movie, like, having the victims in this kind of a role is like what the kind of story we need to be telling. I, I, I wonder like it, it's sort of like the, the react I'm like, you're sort of using these people as props to like tell this, this story. And like, it didn't super sit well with me that like, Oh, the main story was like about Oscar Isaac. And like, is he going to like be able to live with the fact that he did this instead of like, and, and it doesn't really do much more than pay lip service to like the people who were, Hit the victims um and i mean like i i think the movie is good i do think like isaac is pretty tremendous uh in it i do i don't know the ending like i don't quite get there with the ending like i don't quite get to like especially his like final actions or whatever i'm like i don't know maybe it's just because i like sheraton barely registers for me at all in it but i'm like i don't buy that he would like do this all on like all right away like i don't i don't buy that this is like where he would go in this moment i don't know like it's it's just like i, I don't like it's i think the movie is good i think he's like good in it but yeah i just think like it's like a couple of like moments that that really just didn't sit well with me that i'm like okay like i get i don't i, I feel like you're like bending this sort of a little bit to to fit your like pet themes that you're interested in but you're like sort of missing like some important elements of the story here. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I think his actions to me made sense. Like, I think it's like, cause the entire point of the movie and through like its use of gambling, it's being like, 
this is a person who's decided that they're just dead that they're just like not a person that exists they're not like not a mm-hmm. person who should register at all so they're just like a walking ghost and he and his job is basically gambling because that's like a thing that it's just like it is both a form of self-taught self-discipline and also it's like not a job it's like he's not doing anything for anything he's just like l- making enough money to continue living a pretty comfortable life where he does not need to bother anything or anyone and then like upon the introduction of something a thing that he can be the savior of he sorts of starts he sort of starts believing in his own like reality and then like once that is like shattered then it's just like well i'm not a person who should exist so this is just like the ending that i should take so it's like the end that ending works for me i do think i agree that i it's like I think Taddish and him are nice. I think they have some nice chemistry when they're just chatting. I don't know if it if I like a million percent get there as like they really love each other. So it's like the last like lingering mm-hmm. shots of them just like touching fingers through the thing. I'm not like a million sure. percent on the level of just like that working for me emotionally a hundred percent, but it's sort of like a thing yeah. that gets to me. I don't know. I think it's just like I think it's not to like pigeonhole Schrader into like well he's a writer who's trying to direct because he's like directed a lot of movies by this point but I think it's like an exceptionally written movie that has some like weirdness around the directions like I it's it's like Mm. I to like sort of like split the difference between you two I did enjoy the like burst of color like scene I think it's like wonderful the like the ADR didn't do like didn't affect me in that one I do fully buy what it was going for and it worked for me the Abu Grave stuff is just like after the first time where it like hits you with like the 360 degree camera I'm like oh wow this is really striking to see and then by the third time I was like oh yeah I guess it just looks like that it just like sort of loses its effect really quickly and it's just like I don't know what the effect's really doing apart from it making it look different which is like fine I'm not one of those people who's like every single camera choice in a movie has to be justified you can make it something just to look different that's like more than enough Sheridan I don't know it's like that's like part of me being like I think it's an exceptionally written movie I think the writing and the direction has an exceptional handle on what that character is which is why I think the arc work and Oscar's performance works and the ending works I don't know if Sheridan has an exceptional an exceptional handle on any of that material or what's happening around him I think Trader probably just told them to play it real blank and he did that like I do believe Ty Sheridan is like a good actor who's like been good in other things not that he's like amazing it's like I'm never gonna get excited about like hearing Ty Sheridan is in a movie yeah but I but I'm not also gonna completely blame him for like his performance not a thousand percent registering on every level and like sort of same with Haddish but Haddish again she works better towards the end as like as soon as it starts working I don't know it's like one of those things where Isaac is giving such a like amazing intense like intense but also like thoughtful and like that deep performance that he sort of just like he might just be making other people look bad around him in in that like (laughs) <laughs> and that like you just see because the movie is especially shot in a lot of rever- shot reverse shot to yeah. to a point where I'm like were these people in the same like well I, I wonder like 
Because yeah, he was COVID. almost done with it right before COVID. COVID hit. Yeah. Right. Was there was thing. like a long As, COVID There was break. like, I think he said he needed like three more days or something. Um, and I, my, I, this is just like a guess, but I, my guess is that is the stuff with Defoe at the end because it is like the smallest amount of people in a scene. Yeah. Um, Though all of the scenes are very empty, which is, I think, yeah. which is like, I think ver- works for the movie. I think that it, it like part of like mm-hmm. that just like weird time of day in a yeah, hotel. We, yeah. like, I mean, right? Like, yeah, it's drab. casino. Like, wait, what is this room? Yeah, like, yeah. this is ballroom H or whatever. Listen, like, yeah. And uh, listen, another reason I'm in the tank for this movie. I feel like every other movie should be set in a casino. Casinos yes. are yes, they're yes. just like, like an impeccable <laughs> setting for movies. I think there's a lot of it. I think they're like in some way the like most american setting possible so i think it's just like an amazing land of contrast where a lot of stuff can be done yeah. and uh, it's just like incredible yeah. and, and as a person who at one point in his life spent a lot of like 1 p.m's in casinos due to things i'm not gonna get into right now i i mean i just like very much enjoy that aesthetic and like living in that world of just like weirdo old people who come to bet $15 yeah bet $15 tables or like go play slots or Mr. USA play poker against each other it's just uh it's just incredible Mr. USA that's such a weird bet but I do it's so funny (laughs) the other people yeah I mean there's the and well there's the fat guy that the weird joke Minnesota did not care for that minnesota yeah. slim um i think uh minnesota fat she's like fat people don't play poker anymore or whatever and it's like what are you talking about um uh <laughs> but yeah the america guy is very fun and how he has two fans who come to well, yeah, his, his, his entourage yeah. <laughs> and yeah, every time right. he wins a hand that like knocks someone out of the tournament uh he stands up he's like yes <laughs> and then his friends they all start chanting usa usa, USA and yeah. he's like not from america yeah, and right. he's like an isaac has like a weird uh, like nationalistic resentment against him because he's like he's not from here he doesn't know what it is um Jesus. i mean yeah, yeah he has like like so like a weird like stolen battle where he's like I yeah exactly you. yeah like, stolen battle yeah like you don't know like what this country it's is like why do you think you earned a free sandwich this uniform's fake um yeah there's but, also i do oh, oh good no i was gonna say also i i will say that oh, another aspect of it that i think is like great that i will give Schrader, Schrader a lot of credit for that his movies the few i've i've only really seen uh Mishima and First Reform. Yeah, same. But yeah. They, they do, like... But I've also seen, like, the movies he's, like, written for Scorsese, like... But Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. Bring Out the stuff. Dead, Taxi Driver. And he can be pigeonholed into maybe, like, if you think about it, having, like, this standard ending of just, like, a guy, like, blowing himself up, having, like, this sort of <laughs> self-destructive, violent thing. Which is, like... And I give the credit... I give the movie credit for, like, making me forget that. And there's, like, a moment wh- where I'm, like... Maybe we'll go to Vegas and win a poker tournament. Maybe, yeah, that, maybe yeah. that's how this movie will end. I mean, it's like the, does a good job you, of just like lulling me into thinking that for a second, even though that's very dumb. This is a Paul Schrader movie. Of course, it's gonna end how it ended. But I do, yeah. do think it does a good job of like portraying like in an, enough of a sense of hopelessness and humanity within its characters for you to like want to root for them and be frustrated at like the ending that they ultimately sort of have to have. Yeah. Uh, I did want to say that uh, two things: Oscar Isaac and Ty Sheridan both 
<laughs> at one point do the damn bitch you live like this to each other <laughs> and then also Ty Sheridan gets to the line of the movie where he goes have you heard of Google Earth <laughs> and then he's like explaining Google Street View to Oscar Isaac which is just like very funny and like very like Paul Schrader Facebook post core <laughs> it's very it's a movie um, written by a 60 year old man and you can feel it truly I did yeah my favorite little touch is that like Oscar Isaac keeps explaining like how every like casino game is like a bad thing that you shouldn't play sure, yeah. because like the he's like yeah the, like I mean the odds are always against you and anything right, and he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. unless you have an inside line you shouldn't really bet against what the casino tells you for like the sports book or whatever because right, he's yeah, like because yeah, yeah. uh, Sheridan's like I don't play cards he's like do you like sports like just bet the sports book just like hang out in this casino um, yeah I mean that it, yes, it's like I it's just, like very uh, good casino business in that it's a it's like him being like listen you're it's like i know what i'm doing i'm very modest so i will m- probably win money or go up you do not know yeah. what you're doing so you are just here to have fun you like yeah. you are paying money right. to have fun there is no like you will almost certainly not win even though i'm pretty sure he like does right I yeah he, he, he wins a bit of money yeah yeah he does like okay yeah i mean yeah it it certainly makes it seem like i would never ever ever want to spend any time in a casino watching listen this movie. like but maybe a little bit it seems miserable maybe while we're in new york we just seems go up to like atlantic city no <laughs> <laughs> just the saddest yeah. place in i mean i just like casino business i just like it's just sort of like you sort of have to have this attraction to watching just like old guys maybe you ruin their lives They're yeah just, just like, like sit and, and like just, not talk yeah. with sunglasses on and yeah. just like at one point and either like really scream in happiness or pain once they like i i mean i truly have watched so many like world series of poker tour like my entire life i used to watch like celebrity poker yeah I mean, it's like it reminded me of a little of Heart Eight, and that it has like just like business yeah. of how to make actually like make money than like live yeah. around casinos. Well, I mean, yeah, because Isaac is also like I can count cards. I do know that like <laughs> you can't just keep going up and up and up. You have to walk away. Yeah. He's like, I make a few hundred here, and then I leave. Like that's all I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, I also like the stuff like all about like him not getting noticed when like Haddish asks him like, "Oh, you aren't staying at like the hotel the poker yeah. with?" And he's just like, "Nah," because then like people will like see me, and I don't want people to really see me, which is like, right, a very good. At like, one point, he's like, "I don't like celebrity games." <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, there's like he has a resistance to just like poker in that form of poker because it's just like. He'd rather just bet the thing that he knows the odds to rather than have to, like, play people and know people. Because that is, like, if obviously due to what his job was, that is, like, recalling of a bunch of stressful bad things he did. Just, like, trying to figure out what people think. And just, like, that element of it is very interesting. But I don't know. I think it's great. It's, like, yeah. one of those movies where it's, like, it has flaws, but what works for it just, like, overshadows what doesn't work for it, like a hundredfold for me so i yeah. it doesn't really do that much to me that much for me to be like yeah sheridan's a little wooden haddish is a little lost at the beginning some of it looks weird some of it the score the score is the one element where i'm like every other part of it i'm like yeah that's that's like weirder i'm not a fan of it but i like sort of get it it's like i i am like at the end like oh yeah that's effective at the end it's effective so whatever the score is the one part where i'm like 
come on. This is the Listen, this I mean, <laughs> so not good. This is just it's, su- it's such lame music. <laughs> it is lame, but I think <laughs> for that reason I love it. <laughs> like I would not maybe the song at the end I would listen to, but like every other song I'm like this is crazy. And then uh, it just is funny that it's like <laughs> he's playing this weird bad music. Yeah, it's like almost Sons of Anarchy core. I'll say. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Um, but yeah, it's out in theaters still. Um, yeah, it's out in Focus put it out. Sort of. It's worth um, watching. It, I, yeah, it, if you it, can it, see it, um, I imagine like every movie, it's going to be like digitally rentable in like three or four weeks. But uh, yeah, if you can see it in theaters, I'd very much recommend it. Uh, it's, I mean, one of my favorites of the year. Um and with that do you want to start running down the podcast plugs yeah sure so um if you like what the show is doing and want to check out more we're on twitter at can i kick it and we're on letterboxd at c-i-k-i pod uh for uh myself you can find me online at andytgerm a-n-d-y-t-g-e-r-m uh on twitter and letterboxd etc uh, for a plug this week, I had a chance to see a preview screening of a movie that will be out by the time you hear this episode. Uh, everybody's talking about Jamie, uh, which is a new uh, musical movie. It was uh, produced by Fox, I believe, and it was intended to be released, like, you know, maybe awards time last year or something. Like, it was, it was certainly a pandemic victim, and it got sold to Amazon. So Amazon's putting it out this Friday. It's really fun and charming and beautiful and um uh richard e grant is in it and he plays like an old drag queen who mentors it's the story is it's a young uh british teenager he lives in sheffield and he who wants to who's like gay and his dad's not really in the picture and he wants to be a drag queen so uh richard e grant plays this old drag queen who like owns a shop that like sells like you know dresses and stuff and jamie goes there and jamie meets him and he like sort of takes jamie he takes jamie under his wing uh and sort of teaches him how to be a drag queen and he the first number he has in this uh movie which i i've seen a video of the filmed version for the stage and i believe it's a new song for the movie uh is um it's 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 really beautifully and simply done where it's um just to speak a little bit about it uh it uh he puts in like an old VHS of like his old drag queen days and you sort of see it and you go into the video and you sort of stay in this like grainy, like late eighties, early nineties video quality. And you like, see like, it like looks like a, you know, like a, like a home camcorder recording, but you keep seeing Jamie and Richard E. Grant, like in the background watching things. And it takes you on this like really like lovely sort of history of like Richard E. Grant, like finding his, like this queer space that is like someplace where he can like really express himself and feel found and seen and then like it takes you into the early 90s in like and the way that like the AIDS crisis affected that and like the losses and stuff and it's really beautifully done I think and really touching uh, and then the rest of the movie is like very fun and charming there's a lot of fun numbers it's 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 got it's got nice performances uh, Sharon Horgan is in it as a character who doesn't make a ton of sense but she's you know she that's always nice to see her uh so if you if you haven't if i haven't heard about it i you know amazon can't promote a movie to 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 save their life 
Uh, it is on Amazon Prime streaming now, and I and I heartily recommend it. Um, if you like the show and want to send us some money, uh, we are on Coffee ko-fi.com slash canni, C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Uh, any donations always appreciated. A $5 donation will get you Amelia watching a movie of your choice and writing about it on Letterboxd. Uh, and, and, and yeah, we, we really appreciate it, especially as we are so close to going to New York City Too close. and spending a lot of money. Uh, Cullen. Yeah, I'm Clatchley on everything, C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. And I freaking watched Terminator last night. <laughs> that movie is just so good. I've never seen cool it. movie, yeah. It's so sick. One of the coolest movies I've ever seen. There's a very brief moment where someone makes a sawed-off shotgun and they tie a string to it. And it's like you see him song, you see him tie the string, and then he just cocks it. And it's like maybe a two seconds of the movie, but I cannot stop thinking about it. And then there, it's just, I was listening to the score all day today. It's just so sick. I'm so excited to see T2. I, yeah. I think T2 is a little bit of a step down, but I do like the Terminator a lot. Wow, this might be the first time, like, we might all... I, I did not expect that to be a place for all of us to agree. Well, I guess Cullen still hasn't seen T2, so I agree. Cullen hasn't that, seen That yet, Terminator so. 2 is worse than 1, because it is. Yeah. Emilio. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone, and you can follow me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. Uh, what am I going to plug this week? You know what? I've been listening to a lot of Sade recently, so I'm going to plug Sade, especially the song I Couldn't Love You More. It's a very good, nice vibe. It's it's very relaxing. I really enjoy that. Uh, our theme song is by Trulated. You can find them at SoundCloud.com slash Trulated. Research Trulated on Spotify. We're heading to New York, folks. Let's get it. Big city, baby. Yeah. Brooklyn. Where's the freaking Uh, gap? I guess I will release our audience. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.